This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. Hey, it's Glenn, and I want to remind you, peace of mind is tough to come by these days unless you have a Liberty Safe. With a Liberty Safe, you won't worry when you leave the house because you'll know your valuables are protected. And right now you can get free delivery to your home on any Liberty Safe. Go to LibertySafe.com for factory direct pricing. LibertySafe.com, made in the USA, lifetime warranty, and peace of mind. LibertySafe.com. Uh, this is great. I mean, we got some really good news for you because there's a poll out that uh, talks about the Syrian refugees, how wonderful they are. Mm-hmm. Only one third of them are ISIS sympathizers. <laughs> what are we worried about? Only one third. That's great. Isn't that awesome? It's really good. That means two thirds are not. So shut up. Well, it, it, some of them could be undecided. So yeah, they could. Really okay, two thirds are not. Okay, yeah, well, yes. It could be like one-third is not and one-third is undecided, making up their mind. (laughs) Poll released uh, in November, but ignored, of course, by mainstream media, showing that a third of Syrian refugees don't want the Muslim terrorist group ISIS defeated. Poll reveals 13% have a positive opinion of ISIS. Uh, 13? Well, how's that a third? I think there's an, and other groups that are sympathetic as well. This is from uh, Truth Revolt, writes, uh, that's a big collective thumbs up to a gang of savages who burn people alive, enslave women, behead children, and heave gay men to their deaths from rooftops. Another mm-hmm. 10% having negative opinion to some extent go. on the terror group, okay. though the poll doesn't spe- specify in what way. Um, perhaps that 10% feels that ISIS isn't killing enough gay men. We don't. This we is, again, know. a little speculation yeah. uh, from Truth Revolt. Uh, the poll also shows that 31% of Syrian refugees oppose the campaign to degrade and ultimately destroy ISIS. So that's where they're getting the third. Good gosh. And then we're but supposed I mean, that, to. You hey, can bring them all in. They're against the, a war or something. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, you can legitimately say 13%. They have a positive opinion of ISIS. You know, that's legitimate sympath- being sympathetic to a group, right? You have a positive opinion of them. Um, you know, I have a positive opinion of, of McDonald's, and I would say I'm sympathetic to that. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't think it's a, you know, you're not drawing anything out of that. I mean, with the, you could say, like, well, maybe there's some people in there that just don't like any war or whatever in that 31%. But the 13% is pretty solid. So one out of every 10 that you bring in 
uh, would be sympathetic to ISIS, meaning if you bring 10,000 people into the country, 1,000 people. 1,300, actually, uh, but well, yeah, why quibble? Yeah, I'm just, Over uh, 300 I'm terrorists. Over 300 benefit of the doubt. Yeah, but <laughs> you're talking about 1,300 terrorists. Yeah. Now, I believe it was, what, 17,000 terrorists that it took to, to, to uh, execute 9-11. So it was a little bit... Yeah, no, it's a somewhat lower figure. Okay, well, I know it was at least 30,000 in Paris that was needed no, to... No, uh, that was quite a bit lower figure as well. It was 18 people in, uh, on 9-11. 1,800 people. 18, so, I mean, it's about just, the same no, amount. Just 18. <laughs> no zeros after, just one and an eight. 18. Hmm. 18. So you think that so. maybe 1,300 people that are sympathetic to ISIS being imported into the nation could be problematic? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think so. Right. I, How many seriously was it in Paris? I don't even know. There were groups. There were like three different there was, groups. Well, I mean, we don't know the extent of it yet. There were seven. Um, there were seven terrorists that were killed um, with, with suicide bombs. They blew themselves yeah. up. Then there was another one that the police killed. Right. right. Then there's the the, so the guy who is out running around, who's the uh, master mastermind. mastermind of the plan. So that would be nine. They did go through. Um, uh, this Notice this. that guy did not blow himself up, by the way. No, they never do. The no. masterminds never blow themselves mm -hmm. up. They're too masterful. Mm -hmm. The minds uh, are too important. Osama bin Laden did not mm -hmm. commit suicide. No. Uh, no. That does not happen. Um, but uh, then you had, uh, I think, six other people. Seven people, I think, also were arrested last night, yeah. plus another one or two that were killed. So, I mean, they, I mean, the plot was probably dozens and dozens, but it's mm -hmm. not thousands. Mm -hmm. um, and we don't know how closely related these people are that were arrested. They could have been just you know, harboring them in the house afterwards. You know, who knows? I mean, yeah, that's, knows? you know, that, that, that sort of stuff goes on as well. Uh, so, you know, we don't know exactly, but it's certainly not 1,300 people. You don't need 1,300 people to do these things. So you're talking about one-third, or as Stu is pointing out, at least 13% who are sympathetic, who like ISIS, who apparently want them to have some level of success. And why are they refugees, then? Right. right. Why? The weather? Great well, they're refugees because they want to carry out that work, right? I mean, they they want to infiltrate the West and they and they want to change it somehow. I mean, I guess there is a civil or otherwise. Maybe they're running from Assad. You know, I mean, I, maybe I, I don't know what. I mean, but if you like ISIS, why are you running? They're, they're, they're in a, there's a lot of areas for them to be in control. You could just hang out with ISIS. If you like Syria, why, why are, are you, you running? running? Well, I mean, it is a war. Stand zone. and fight if you're an able-bodied man. Stand and fight. Fight for your country. Why? What are you doing? What Especially you if you don't for? have a family. I mean, yeah. you know, you could send your... I mean, Look how many of these main men. I mean, where, where are the you men? can say all you want. They're three-year-old... Where, three where, where are the men? <laughs> you can say all you want. They're three-year-old orphans and right. widows. But we have seen, you know, tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands, of 18 to 34-year-old men uh, pouring into Germany and, and Hungary and all across Europe's borders. And they were all able-bodied. They walked all the way, or or whatever, got off Most a ship of somewhere and walked via boat. Actually, they, um, so they sailed there, and then they and then they walked the rest of the way. I guess. I, or once they sail, once they land at the dock, I think that they're being dealt with. Uh, it's crazy by yeah. the government. But it is crazy. By the way, there is one picture going around um, of these uh, huge bodybuilder guys getting off boats, and that particular that supposedly is not from years ago, yeah, right? Yeah, it's like yeah. it's like years ago, and it was like Australia. It's like it has nothing to do with this story. Oh, at really? All. Yeah, but it's been passed around. Like, look, these guys don't look like children. And well, yeah, no, they don't. Uh, but they also had nothing to do with this particular story. Uh, no, they don't even know what nationality they were. Uh, they're just big guys getting off a boat.
<laughs> really? They're not yeah. even Syrian? And they were not Syrian, I don't think. They were, um, they, I think they were refugees, weren't they? Yes, Jeffy, they, did you read they, the story? Yeah, I do. I, I'm trying to remember exactly where they were coming from. They were <laughs> coming from a Middle Eastern country or maybe they were, it was Greece. It's funny because that's the internet. What, like, so there's like a sliver of truth kind right. of in there. They actually were getting off a boat. They actually were bodybuilders. They were kind of refugees. However, it was multiple years ago and a totally unrelated story. It has right. nothing to do with this. Like, that's the internet. Yes. That's the internet for mm-hmm. you. Uh, it's not necessarily a positive. <laughs> but, uh, Probably a shot from an Arnold Schwarzenegger movie or something yeah. when he got off a boat. <laughs> uh, Look at this. <laughs> Tell me these guys aren't able-bodied. Triple eight seven two seven Beck. Also, uh, according to uh, the Blaze and AP, I think I think we're at a substantial risk for a domestic event. Top officials are setting off alarm bells. Uh, this from uh, CIA Director John Brennan Monday. I certainly would not consider Paris a one-off event. It is clear to me that ISIL has an external agenda that they are determined to carry out these types of attacks. It's not just Europe. I think we here in the United States also have to be, obviously, quite vigilant. As for the head of the CIA, but what does he know? Uh, he wants, was he afraid of orphans? Hey, right. Three-year-old girls? Uh, widows? <laughs> I, yeah, it's funny. Uh, looking at that, uh, those comments from uh, the president, um, and we have some great, update, some great updates on this story, but him, he just can't resist a partisan attack. He's supposed to be this post-partisan guy. I'm going to work with everyone. Like, there's no reason for him to bring up, for example, like, you could say, all right, he wants to say, these are a lot of kids. We shouldn't be afraid of them. Mm-hmm. Obviously, if you actually care about bringing people together, especially while you're overseas in another country, you try to say that in a way. You could say, like, look, people need to understand mm-hmm. is that we're not importing terrorists here. We're going through a vetting mm-hmm. process. But many of them are children. Many of them are women. Uh, you know, Harry Reid was supposedly quoting a stat that a quarter of them are over 60. Um, like you can make some of those points and, and some of them are like, you know, you can make points that are legitimate in a debate like that to bring it up and say, why are you free to orphans and widows? First of all, is a, a whole way to say that, right? If you want to bring people together, well, that's certainly not the way you do it. But in addition to that, he can't help, but also include, and they're afraid of moderators at a debate. What does that have to do with anything? That's just a nonsense. It's like you're a, a, a bad blogger. Throwing something like that mm-hmm. in. It has nothing to do with the story. He just can't resist partisan politics. He loves it. And it's worse than you described. Because not only did he, said, he say they're afraid of it, he specifically attributed the quote to one of the candidates, meaning Ted Cruz. When did candidates he- say we shouldn't admit three-year-old orphans, that's political pro- posturing. Show me the candidate that said we shouldn't admit three-year-old orphans. Show him to me or her. I, I want to know who said that. Yeah. And what was, candidate said that, you douchebag? Well, and I, 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 I just, this is a tough day with the yeah, yeah, president. We've heard a tough. lot of his uh, babblings. We try to day, avoid it as much we, as possible. We do. And we, and we don't dive in as Two much years as we now. used to. But this is really bad. It's it is. overwhelming. It's really it is. It's really just, it is. The rage just builds. And, uh, and you, you need a candidate who's going to fight back, though, Pat. You yeah. need a candidate who's not going to just stand by and take something like that. You need someone who's going to fight. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I'll give you an example. Maybe if somebody were to say it's utterly be, uh, unbefitting of the president to be engaging in those kinds of personal insults and attacks 
-hmm. He talked about how he was belittling the Republican field as scared. Well, let me suggest something, Mr. President. If you want to insult me, you can do it overseas. You can do it in Turkey. You can do it in foreign countries. But I would encourage you, Mr. President, come back and insult me to my face. Boom. <laughs> Ted Cruz. I like nice. that. Let's <laughs> get a little fight. God, I love huh? this guy. Wow. Uh, so great. <laughs> Um, so yeah, great. he's basically, uh, I think, seemingly like the, uh, the headlines seem to be that he challenged, I haven't seen the exact quote, but he says he's challenged him to a debate on the topic. Good. Oh, he would, oh, please. Uh, yeah, there's no the way president Obama accepts would that, of course. never accept that. Oh, oh yeah, here it is. Gosh, Let's never. have a debate on Syrian refugees right now. We can do it anywhere okay. you want. I prefer it in the United States and not overseas where you're making the insults. Uh, it's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> guy's fantastic. Uh, this guy would be, I mean, can you imagine this guy as president of the United States? This would be fantastic. Oh, really would. It would be, it would be fantastic. Really I good. mean, look, there's a lot of good candidates. We've talked about a lot of them. We've had a lot of them on. Cruz, mm -hmm. though, has a way of doing this, man, that it just makes you happy. Yes. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. Meanwhile, a uh, new Speaker of the House, Paul Ryan, spoke about the refugee program. Here's what he said. The national defense bill that I will sign later today requires the president to come up with a plan for defeating ISIS, not just containing, but defeating ISIS. Oh. A containment plan is not enough. That has failed. In addition, the majority leader and our committee chairs are developing a plan to address the Syrian refugee crisis. Our nation has always been welcoming, but we cannot let terrorists take advantage of our compassion. This is a moment where it's better to be safe than to be sorry. Yeah. So we think the prudent, the responsible things take a pause in this particular aspect of this refugee program in order to verify that terrorists are not trying to infiltrate the refugee population. In the end, the ultimate solution to this crisis is a strategy to defeat ISIS. All of this rises above politics. This is not about politics. Whoa. This is about national security. I mean, that's all reasonable stuff. It's all reasonable. Why, why wouldn't you just pause for a second and not say, okay, we're going to take even more than we said. Yeah, there was a terrorist strike, so we're going to take even more. We're going to take 85,000 now. And then next week we might take 850,000, then 8.5 million, then 85 million, then 850 million. As, as, as it gets worse and worse, we're going to take more and more. I mean, it's just stupid. What, what are we doing? So, I mean, that's a pretty legitimate reasonable course of action to say okay well, let's just take a breath yeah. do we have to just commit to tens of thousands of people immediately after a terrorist strike yeah let's wait and make I sure mean, there's not something else going on that we haven't Vessa. seen yet yeah uh they're you know reasonable uh, 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 the opposite of what happens after every gun attack we've exactly. talked about this extensively right. on radio today but like every time somebody gets shot in a, in a terrible circumstance yep. they want to pull guns out they want new restrictions they want new uh you know assault weapons off the street they want all these things to be done when there's no reason to to do that i mean you could say when there's a new kind of an attack you could say look we just want to, no new sales for this period of time. And while, you know, look, you can't do that. You've got a constitution that says you're guaranteed to buy weapons. At least you could under, make the argument for a couple of months you might wait. Here, a delay on taking in new uh, refugees from Syria is seen as the worst thing in history. When, mm -hmm. Look, I, we are obviously for helping out Syrian refugees. We have a charity that has you know, raised $12 million to that end. Mm -hmm. But... That doesn't mean you don't make sure 
you do the best that you possibly can. And that does not mean mm -hmm. rushing people in after a terrorist attack, especially, you know, it's so funny. The left constantly berates us for not understanding Muslim culture. We don't understand Muslim culture. We don't understand these people. You don't get, yeah, you read these quotes in the Quran, but you don't understand the context of them. Sure, you don't understand the context of the Hadith. You're not educated enough to do it. They, we just don't get it. We don't understand their culture. But we understand their culture to be able to decipher between a good Muslim and a bad Muslim well enough to import tens of thousands of Syrians. Like, why not let Saudi Arabia, who actually does understand the culture, make those determinations? Madness. Why not? Yeah, um, it's exactly. kind of it's it's pretty ridiculous. Whole thing's mad. Uh, it really is. And then you got what, what was it? What is John Kerry trying to say? <laughs> Freak. How did we not talk about this on radio today? He is speaking uh. from Paris. John Kerry compared the Friday terrorist attack uh, by IS Islamic State to uh, the attack on Charlie Hebdo earlier this year. He said there's something different. There's something different about what happened from Charlie Hebdo. And I think everybody would feel that. There was a sort of particularized focus and perhaps even a legitimacy Ugh. in terms of, wait a minute, maybe I said the wrong thing. Not, and I've added that part, not a legitimacy, but a rationale that you could attach yourself to somehow and say, okay, they're really angry because of this and that. So that one was legitimate. We all understand why they did that, and they should have. Uh, but this one seems a little more random to me, Stu. But what a weird, what a weird thing to say. What a bizarre, stupid, and he said it in Paris. Uh, unreal. This guy's supposed to be Secretary of State. The guy, uh, it's crazy. you know, who's understanding I mean, dis diplomacy. You go into our, crazy. you're in the place where this occurred, and you bring that up. That yeah. is. Utterly stunning. Because I'm guessing the French don't think it's that legitimate. Or I, well, there's a rationale, though, Pat. I probably don't uh, appreciate the rationale. I mean, what's he trying to say there? I guess it. he's saying we're, we're the, the, there is no Muslim uh, terrorist uh, vendetta against one of the restaurants that people were eating at. There yeah. was a vendetta against Charlie Hebdo. Right. Yeah, because they drew. But yeah. still. I, so the rationale was you drew a picture? Of our right, it's not a yeah, not, okay. le, not certainly not a legitimate, not legitimate rationale. Although he tried to say there was a legitimacy to it. I understand that these bastards put a picture of the, they slide the. I don't know if you know this, but the future cannot uh, be handed to s people who slander the Prophet Muhammad. I think we made that pretty clear. <laughs> made that very clear. Both I and the president have said that we will not tolerate the, pro the Prophet tolerate. Muhammad being slandered at all. Uh, it's it's pretty amazing. We've we've got the worst leadership uh, in the history of the nation, and I think we all know that. Triple eight seven two seven back. Meanwhile, uh, you know those of us uh, who love history and want our kids to learn history and want our kids to love and be excited about history. Uh, coming from a, you know, a family that's homeschooled for a really long time, uh, we homeschooled for twenty three years, and then a couple of years ago we started our own school but i will be using these in the school as well and at home because these are fantastic this is a new game called um it is called historical conquest a journey through time and uh it, it uses historical figures like george washington nikola tesla the knights templar and hundreds more in a battle for world domination yeah i'm looking at one of these cards here uh, jefferson davis now, you yeah. know, he was, uh, of course, uh, president of the Confederacy. Mm -hmm. uh, what I did not know, though, he was not com completely supportive of secession. In fact, he actually resigned as a senator after Mississippi uh, seceded.
So he was not a Did he really? That's a, I, I wow. actually did not know that. I didn't either. And you can, I by didn't the way, either. Every one of these cards you go through and you're going to find a you're little find nugget that like that. And it's a great way to talk to your kids about history and be able to, uh, you know, uh, have a fun time with them, a fun game. Watch them kind of work through a, a strategy to defeat you, but then also watch them actually learn and pick up these important historical facts that are not, as I uh, have heard, Common Core approved, which is great. That's right. They're not going to not being BSing you with revisionist history. It's the real history. And what's cool is Blaze viewers right now will get an additional ten percent discount too. So it's really fun. It's educational. It's a great way to spend time with the family and support a great American company. Makes a great gift. Christmas just around the corner now. So go to historytolife.com today. History to life. Bring, bring, bring history. history. Why, did I, why did I leave off bring? Why? I, I don't know. Because history to life kind of doesn't make sense. Yeah, Bringhistorytolife.com does. Yeah, bringhistorytolife.com. You should so go to that one. Bring it to life and go there. Bringhistorytolife.com. This podcast brought to you by My Patriot Supply. Did you miss the chance to get a 72-hour emergency food supply with free shipping for just 10 bucks? What's wrong with you? Don't worry, call 888-411-7440 right now. They have a few left, and they're selling out fast. 888-411-7440. What are you waiting for? A disaster? Do it right now. Barack Obama hopes, and frankly, so do I, that gun control will be a dominant issue in year eight of his presidency. Yeah, did you know that uh, we are 85.4% of the way done with the pain of the Obama it's presidency? We're 85.4% of the way through. Not enough. That's a lot, but it's not enough. I want to sure. be 185.8% <laughs> done with his. Uh, ugh, it's just been so horrific. In a recent interview, said that he hoped gun control will be a major issue in the 2016 election and regrets that he was unable to, quote, capture this moment of the Sandy Hook shooting to pass more restrictive laws. Yeah. GQ published an article with him conducted by Bill Simmons, co-creator of ESPN's 30 for 30 documentary series and uh, author of The Book of Basketball, who currently is creating his own show for HBO. Simmons referred to Democrat presidential uh, candidate Hillary Clinton on gun control. It does feel like it's going to become the dominant issue of year eight. And he said, I hope so. We have this weird habit in this culture of mourning. And, you know, 48, 72 hours wall-to-wall coverage, and then suddenly we move on. And I'll do everything I can to make sure that that sustained attention is paid to this thing. The guy just got through saying yesterday that... Right after a tragedy is the worst time to make decisions. Mm -hmm. This from the guy who right after gun tragedies, every single time, tries to rush us into some kind of bad decision. Well, he praised it. I mean, we did a segment on, uh, did we we air the uh, Australia gun laws thing? No, no, that's coming up. Um, But he has over and over again said, cited the reaction of the UK and Australia as models for us to react and and what they'll say is hey these guys had mass shootings and within two weeks they passed legislation to try to stop them mm-hmm. within two weeks mm-hmm. they they instituted a for in australia's case um, a mandated buyback program um 
confiscate, incompensate, as, as, as you could basically call it. And they did that within two weeks. And you're saying that's good? Bad. D- bad. bad. I'm saying it's yeah. bad. He was saying it was good. Like, look how fast they acted. Mm-hmm. Something bad happened, and they pulled all the guns off the street really fast. It's like, yeah. no, that's the worst time to do that. Yeah. Do it in a time. If you can pass that, you know, the Confederate flag, for example, is the one we went through. Uh, the Confederate flag thing, they all went crazy and pulled the Confederate flag. First of all, has that, has that healed our nation racially? I mean, how's that working totally, out for completely, you? Totally, completely, yeah. There's no uh, racism. Of course, left. yeah. Uh, ask the University of Missouri if that's healed our nation. And Black Lives Matter. Uh, and Black Lives Matter, who are just fired up more than ever with their ridiculous demands. But, you know, the Confederate flag thing is a good example of it. If they had already been moving in this direction, they had already moved it off of the uh, Capitol building to a side mm-hmm. area. Um, they had mm-hmm. already been moving in that direction. They had, had more support in, in, the, uh, in the idea of you know, getting rid of the Confederate flag as something you look up to. Um, it was something that people were coming to on their own. Instead, and what if it meant so much more that if in a random April, when nothing was going on, they said, you know what, this is the time for this. Instead, you do it you, because of bizarre pressure where you step in and you go crazy and you're just like, oh, 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 a flag was in a picture with this guy who did bad things. It must be the flag's fault. And everyone gets rid of the flag. It, it, it was moronic. It had no, no sensible, logical path, path to, uh, to, to completing that task. And it didn't mean anything because it was just a dumb social media-esque reaction to a crisis. That is the worst time to do things because you're not thinking straight. I mean, look, think of like what what would uh, if you're if a child were to get murdered, mm. um, uh, if you just put uh, the dad in con- in uh, heading up the jail where the guy uh, was kept afterwards, the murderer. It's like, well, you're probably going to wake up the next day with a dead uh, prisoner because the dad is going to feel that way, mm-hmm. and he's going to act in, a, in an emotional way, in a way of, of irrational grief. And I'll probably do something terrible. That's why you don't do that. Then you have two people in jail right. instead of one. So this is why you have a justice system mm-hmm. that sorts these things out over a long period of time that yep. moves slowly. There's a guy who's supposed to be put to death in Texas today. Uh, he was convicted 15 years ago of murdering a kid. 15 years mm-hmm. ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know what? Uh, I, that's how long it takes. It usually. takes that long. And, and like, while I think that's to a ridiculous extent, there is some sense in a slow plotting justice system to make sure emotion isn't part of the decision. Yeah. Our government, and particularly the left, advocates these things as part of the solution. Let me ask you a question, Stu. When yeah. is the worst time to go grocery shopping? When you're freaking hungry. When Pat. you're starved out of your mind. When you haven't eaten for 12 hours. Yep. You know what? Because then you go to the grocery store and you buy everything in sight. And you, you th- hey, that looks good. Oh, that, oh I, man, I haven't had pinwheel cookies in a long time. Peanut butter, I'm going to buy five. Uh, chocolate, yes, every, it, I'm, Bluebell is back. I'm going to take it all in case Listeria's in it. And I, I mean, you go crazy. Yeah. Well, that's exactly what happens when you're emotional and you've just had uh, some sort of tragedy. I mean, it's just, it's ludicrous and everybody knows it. And so everybody I, knows it. So I would agree with the general principle of what Obama's actually talking about here. In that you don't make decisions based on right. fear yep. and emotion and grief. You don't make decisions. So, first of all, it, it obliterates 
uh, everything his administration has stood for. Mm -hmm. Because if you remember, uh, d never let a crisis go to waste. Mm -hmm. it's, exact, it's his principle, not ours. So I agree generally with that idea that you don't make rash decisions based on that, which is why instead you say, well, how can we improve this process? Right. Okay. Well, first of all, let's delay this a little bit. Make sure we're doing this the proper way. Second of all, maybe we target Christians as the ones because we are we are we've better able those to uh, better able to vet them. Yep. And maybe we put some pressure on countries like Saudi Arabia and Jordan and uh, uh, other countries in the Middle East to try to handle the larger Muslim populations since they have a better handle on the culture and are going to be able to decipher the good Muslims from the bad Muslims. That is a rational response. It's not saying we hate Syrian refugees. It's not saying we want ISIS to win. It's saying, okay, let's make a pragmatic, understandable, sober decision, not based on fear, not based on emotion, not based on grief, mm -hmm. and move slowly. So I agree with the general idea he's talking about there, but he's, of course, applying it like an idiot, yeah. uh, saying, oh, well, everyone... By the way, he did have his source on the um, three-year-old orphan thing. We actually do have a specific source on, on, on who he was calling that. Okay. He was saying it about not Ted Cruz, but Chris Christie. Chris Christie yes. said three-year-olds should Here, not come here's here? Here's what happened. Chris... Um, uh, I do not, he said, I do not entrust this administration effectively to vet the people who are proposed to be coming in, New Jersey governor uh, said, with uh, Hugh Hewitt. Uh, Hewitt asked him, what about orphans? Would you make an exception for orphans under the age of five? Christie said, no. The fact is that we need appropriate vetting. I don't think orphans under five are being, you know, should be admitted into the United States at this point. But, you know, they have no family here. How, would we, how are we going to get care for these folks? Now, that is not somebody who's scared of mm -hmm. children under five. He's saying, well, we don't have the resources. We, how would we, if we just import a five-year-old orphan, what are you going to do with them? Now, we could give them 12,000 options, um, considering our audience has supplied 12,000 of their own homes to take in Syrian refugees, and maybe that would fit some of those instances. But the bottom line is uh, he was not saying he was scared of them. He was saying mm -hmm. he's scared of Obama for not being able to vet the people. Jeffy, how many uh, how many of you volunteered to take in? How many families? How many Syrian? And not in, but is, <clears throat> not in, no, no, not intake. Not, not eat them. We're saying take them into the house and and live with you and like live with you. No, oh, that's fine. They come. I already have refugees from my uh, own family uh, living in my I house. The people, but that's yeah. just more people in the house to cook. <laughs> yeah. Wait. So you're making a fat joke after my fat joke? You rejected my fat joke and then you made your own fat joke about yourself. Interesting. Yeah, what there? <laughs> I mean, think, you, you're, you're acting as if we're so tough on you. Think of the restraint it took to get through Pat's entire grocery store analogy without mentioning you. <laughs> and it was the first thing I thought of. Think of the restraint and it I, took for me not and to I, comment. I squelched it. More patents too coming up in a second. All I wanted to do was talk about how when you're really hungry, you go to the grocery store, you start shopping like Jeffy, where you just take everything you and put it in, and then you just and before you're even leaving. You were actually eating all the food, and they don't know how to ring it up because you. And then after he's been there, they, they say, uh, "Aisle nine is empty. <laughs> Replenish aisle nine, please. Aisle ten is also empty. Replenish aisle, aisle ten. Refill aisle, aisle ten. eleven, also empty." Triple eight seven two seven back. It's Pat and Stu. Here's a little thought for the day. Okay, just a little thought. It has nothing to do with anything. The federal government, which features the Tomahawk cruise missile, the Apache and Black Hawk, 
Kiowa and Lakota helicopters mm -hmm. and used the code name Geronimo in the attack that killed Osama bin Laden, officially objects to the name Washington Redskins. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That's... That's, that's a, great. That's fun. Yeah. That's a good point. Hadn't thought of that before. Uh, yeah. We're pretty, pretty, what? What's wrong, Jeffy? What's you're, making that, you're making that Jeffy face. Oh, it's, yeah, that Jeffy, been, like, that was a I've, stupid it's thing. It's been around for quite some time. So I haven't seen it. What's your point? Should uh, I have not? I'm uh, just, no, you, thank you for sharing. Are you pissed that you didn't? No, I. Well, I believe I already provided. Did. I believe or, I already did. No, you did not. Oh my gosh! I've never heard. Well, it. it's now it's possible because a lot of times we do that thing where we ignore what Jeffy says. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Like when you say things, we try to not hear. What, like we try. You do a pretty good job. Of oh yeah, it is amazing. Sometimes you say things and I'm like, I think I just heard Jeffy speak, but he, <laughs> he's been speaking for like 20 minutes and I, I don't know any. I haven't heard one word of it. It's amazing. Wait, wait Jeffy's in the room. Who? Oh my God! Let's see. He is. It is amazing. <laughs> uh, by the way, can we talk about your Thanksgiving for a second here before we move on to sure. actual real news? <laughs> yeah, if you want Pat's to. complaining about Syrian refugees. No, I would this never country. complain. Uh, he's saying we shouldn't accept 10,000, yet he's accepted 10,000 refugees to his home for Thanksgiving. <laughs> yes, I have. 35 people are going to be at our house for Thanksgiving. That's not 35 bad. people? 35 people. That's unbelievable. We have. We have. A family of friends coming from Houston. We have a family of friends coming from uh, Oklahoma. Oklahoma. They're converging. And then my entire family and their kids are all going to be there. And you're, um, you're planning on being there as well? Or? No, I will not be there. <laughs> He'll be at McDonald's <laughs> having dinner by himself. He'll be at the Hilton. I mean, it's so overwhelming that my wife is saying, let's have Thanksgiving at our school. What? what? At our school? Well then, it's not no, very homey. it's not. That's what I told her. Yeah, yeah. So people want to come because they, you know, they want a homey experience. Yeah. And then after you have, you know, before the dinner is ready, you're watching football. After the dinner is served, you're out watching football. Mm -hmm. During dinner being consumed, <laughs> you're, you're watching, watching football. football. Maybe a Christmas movie, something. Christmas movie, maybe for downstairs for the chicks, yeah, or whatever, or the kids or whatever. Get out. Fine. Mm -hmm. Yep. But in the nice TV area, we got football going on, right? And and the school, no, no. She's like, well, we can just set up the tables and then talk. At our, talk. we're gonna sit there and talk. Our mouths are gonna be what? full. I thought we were only supposed to talk with our mouths full. <laughs> There's no talking that goes on. Our talk. eyes still work to watch football. Right. What are you uh, doing? While we're to talk eating. about, there's no game to talk about. Does the school is, does the school have a giant screen to watch football? No, it does not. That's now, the if you, now that's a, there's a compromise. School's out, man. You could have her rent a you know 110 inch screen. Yes. And you put that in there. We could do that. And it, you we know, could do that. That's a legitimate compromise. Or, or yeah. better yet, buy one. You know, for, and then you can just bring it down, you know, for down the in your bedroom or something. School. In the school. Uh-huh. Right. Mm -hmm. I like that. <laughs> that's a possibility. Right. 35 is a lot, school, That's a lot. That's a it lot. is a lot. That is pushing it. It is a lot. It's just going to be a wreck. So that's 20, also uh, not going to make it fun. 20 is a lot, too. We've had, I, I think we've, I was trying to think. 20 is a lot. 35 would. I think some of the biggest ones we've had are 20s, you know, maybe low 20 or yeah. high teens. Well, like, yeah, we've yeah. had high teens before. Yeah. That is and like maybe a, pushing 20, but and that's never a big, this many. Hearty Thanksgiving. Like yeah, you know, if you're right. in like 15, 16, 17, I've had that before. 
No, you know, we did that a lot at our, uh, and, and that's that's mo- I mean, that's a lot of tables. That's a lot. Like I, we we used to do this at my uh, grandparents' house all the time, and we did Thanksgiving there every year, basically from when I was born until just a few years ago. And they had, um, uh, they would string together three long like dining room tables to hold everybody because there's mm-hmm. a lot of kids, there's a lot of grandkids, mm-hmm. uh, and everyone piled around that area. And there wasn't, a, we didn't have a separate kiddies table for most most of the time. It was just you know that, and, and so you know you you'd pack in. Maybe I would say maybe up to twenty, but that was a big freaking right. event. Thirty-five. I mean, you're basically doubling the crazy. huge Thanksgivings I'm I'm used to. Yeah, it's that's crazy. a lot. So, it's nutty. So uh, what are you doing? You pulling uh, three turkeys? I I don't know. I in fact I think she's I think she's just buying turkey breasts, and we're just gonna do the turkey breasts. Okay. And that'll make what? it a little bit easier. Yeah, because otherwise what? three t- it would take three turkeys that you cook all day. It takes all day to cook no, it one. No, does not. It doesn't take yes, all it does. day to cook a turkey. Have you, how many Thanksgiving oh dinners have you legitimately <laughs> been in the kitchen cooking? Oh, my God. How many? How many? I can't count. Yeah, you can't count, you can't count because the number is zero. <laughs> I no, can't it's not, count the amount of it. It's not because the number is zero. He just can't count. <laughs> no, that's true, too. He, he's not that is also able true. to count. No, uh, uh, we actually did the um, one of those, like, you order them and they send you the turkey type of thing like it's already cooked have you done you've done that what's it called yeah they uh lisa did it last who year who does it it's probably too late though to do no that. No, no they do it probably like really last late. minute and it really? comes like it's like it's like some smoked or something does anyone know what i'm talking about i can't think of the name of the uh uh the the, the company that does it but they do it that's an excellent yeah. idea so they come and you actually take them and you can they actually say like you could just Eat it cold, right? Um, but, or you could throw it, it in the oven yeah. and it'll heat and heat it up. Either oh, so way. they bring a cooked turkey, it's a cooked that you just turkey, warm through. Yep, and then serve, and then serve, and it, and I, you know, obviously don't eat turkey, but from what I've heard, it's really good, I really like good, that. and obviously a lot easier. Um, we also are doing one. I from, like that. Uh, we have a some. There's like a grocery store that's doing a lot of this stuff this year, and they have a big pamphlet. And I went in at like a little kid around, like around Christmas. What do I want for Christmas? I just started circling these sides I wanted for Halloween or for, for uh, Thanksgiving. And I had like, you know, nine. There's going to be like six people at Thanksgiving this year. And I had like nine <laughs> sides coming. But again, all pre-done. Like we're. So you guys cutting, did order yours. We're cutting every corner this year. Pat? I need to email me the name of that place because I need it. I can hook you up. Seriously, that would make it yeah, a lot easier. Makes it a lot easier. You know, it saves people's sanity. And I, I, I know my wife will be going out of her mind. Yeah, I mean, it's I, just stressful. To there's cook certainly for 35 a people. Yeah, my grandma used to do, and with my aunt as well, they would sit in there and they would be there the whole day before. Yeah, and all they'd be up at that's, five in the morning. That's what they're there for. Mm-hmm. And they would, and it was there's there's certainly a charm to it, but like it's you have to be that person. The yes. charm and ends when you're in the kitchen, right? When you're the person it ends. doing there's it, there's no charm doing it. Or you depends None. directly on the person doing it. Yeah. So like you know like where you know my, my grandma she would do this, and this would be I would see her you know a few times a year, and this would be one of the big events where mm-hmm. it's like if my wife was doing that. I would probably be driven insane by the process because, first of all, I would be drawn into everything and have to help, right. which I don't want to do on Thanksgiving. Right. You know, I want to sit and watch football yeah. and then eat. Yeah. Uh, and then the other side of that, uh-huh. she'd be driven insane, so insane that then the insanity would drop, yeah. you know, would fall yes. into me. Yes. And look, I'm selfish. Well, last year, I helped cook Christmas dinner, and I was in. So I, I said, okay, I'm going to do this part of the meal, and I, I, don't worry about that at all because I'll take care of the whole thing. And then you do that part of it. And I was in the kitchen all day. And at the end of the day, I said, okay, that's the last Christmas. Yeah, but this year you've got it down. We're having peanut butter and jelly next year. Yeah, this year, I mean, you've got it down, so it won't take all day. No, I don't have it. There's no way to get it down so it doesn't take all day. It just takes all day.
And it just it does sap some of the fun out of it. it does when you're when you're slaving over a hot stove all day. So. And I don't mind the I don't mind the the process mm-hmm. of cooking and all that. The process of cleaning up drives me insane. Oh, well, the cleanup! First is of all, let's crazy. be clear. When have you here. ever done that? Yeah. You, you the you process of that? cooking for you is t- asking Amber to do it. Yeah. And I would say telling Amber to do it, but actually she tells you she's doing it. That's really the process. And then cleaning up, you do nothing. You I mean you don't even you used to you just dribble crumbs and, and various sauces all over your desk all day during the show. You're certainly not cleaning up at home. I mean, I, so? I take a plate to the close to You've the never sink. taken a plate You've to never the sink. You've never taken a plate You've never done that. Uh, more patents, too, is coming up. We'll get to something. right there. I know where it's at. Mm-hmm. You know where it's at. You yeah. just don't do it Because I want her to know right. where the business is going. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's incomprehensible what's going on right now. Um, it's Pat and Stu, by the way. Uh, what, what I can't, what I can't understand is this shout your abortion phenomenon. It, you know, we're told all the time by the left, by the people who advocate for for killing babies, that hey, we want it to be safe and rare. We really do. We want it to be safe, legal, and rare. Well, this goes way beyond safe, legal, and rare. This is like you're proud of it. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I'm going to shout about it. And now it's they're urging women to tell their abortion stories. Yep. So it will destigmatize uh, murdering your baby, which, uh, you know, there shouldn't be a stigma attached to murder, should there? I mean, you know, you're talking about taking a human life. So? And? Your point? Well, are you going to try? Are you saying that the women's choice should be taken away? No, I'm not. Okay. I think they should have. Mm. Honestly, I do think uh, women's choice should be taken away. I know that makes me some sort of hate monger, but let me. The make, choice to murder should uh, be taken away. No, I mean the, the, the choice to have birth. So for, oh. for them to actually carry the baby to term, I think that choice should be taken oh, away. Oh, thank you. Okay, that's... Um, so all babies <laughs> would be aborted. Thank that's that's how progressive I am. Excellent. That's beautiful. Uh, I want them all dead. That's beautiful. Uh, I want piles of them on every street corner. Stu, that's my so That's strong. my dream. You are so strong. Thank you. Um, and I'm shouting that wow. from the highest roof. Wow. And so are they. Here are their shouts. Shout your abortion. Part one. Here are a list of things that happened on that day. Hmm. I had a blueberry danish for breakfast. Oh my gosh. I walked from my apartment to the Madison Street Clinic. I received free health care from Apple Health on that day. Why did you need free health care? I sat with my best friend in the waiting room while Let It Go by Adina Menzel played over oh, the intercom. So this was pretty recent. I took three Vicodin. Uh. I laughed really, really hard. In the clinic, good. I cried good. really, really Let's hard cry. in the clinic. Why? Yeah, why? I had a small glass of orange juice in the waiting room afterwards. Uh-huh. 
and I hugged the nurse who oh, was there gosh, watching to make sure I didn't get sick. What a beautiful story. I ate an enchilada at the Mexican it. restaurant across the street. Oh, gosh, that's wonderful. a three-hour-long nap. Did you? And Good. then I went to rehearsal that night. Oh, wow. Wow. And here are a list of things that didn't happen. Okay, what are they? Let's I hear it. I didn't feel sad. No, of course not. Why would you be sad about it? I didn't feel it? angry. Why, Why would you, you be you sad about it? I didn't yeah. feel hurt. Killing your baby. I didn't feel abandoned. No. I didn't tell the person who got me pregnant. Uh-huh. And I didn't look back. Oh, so you still call it a pregnancy. Wow, isn't that wonderful? You still call it a pregnancy. wonderful. And she didn't stop with just three huh. Vicodins. <laughs> um, so she didn't. She she wasn't she sad, didn't feel but sad, she did but she cry, did cry the whole time. She cried, and she didn't tell the person who got her pregnant, except for the fact that she's doing a video now right. illustrating exactly that she did have the abortion. Yeah. Now maybe she's just had sex with That's so many great. people that that wouldn't necessarily narrow it down. Mm -hmm. Like for, you know Charlie Sheen, who who did he get AIDS from or HIV from? I don't know. Mm -hmm. Had sex with dozens of porn stars. I don't know. Maybe that's her situation. I doubt that's her um, situation. Mm. No. I'm just a guess. Okay. Just a guess. On it's, my uh, but it's interesting. I mean, if you cared about not telling the person, why would you be making a video publicly proclaiming the abortion? Uh, doesn't seem like she's thought any of this out very well. It's one of those things too. It's like you know, you get that idea of like the Golden Gates. You walk up there, and they're like, oh, well, uh, you're gonna you gonna come in or not?" And the, this one, I just feel like he just go, you know, he just goes blank and just turns on this video, <laughs> <laughs> and then all of a sudden the, the clouds drop out. That's there's sort no, of the way that there's looks. There's no, you're gonna come in or not. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's no, there's no, there's no. Like, what was a uh, was that Albert Brooks movie <laughs> arguing where you're defending your life and you had mm -hmm. to, like you had like a court case and like no, I was really a good person. They just just put the video on. <laughs> Here's you justifying what you did. Remember that whole shout your abortion thing? Yeah, thank you for doing that, by the way. It saves us a lot of overhead here at the uh, court. <laughs> Jeez, man, <laughs> that's unbelievable. I mean, you know, I... that's how she felt. Hey, how'd your baby feel? Uh, being sucked out of your womb. Uh, probably not. Uh, probably not as. Did, 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 probably not probably as good. Did, didn't have any enchiladas later that day. No, no? probably not. Okay. Probably not very many. Here's uh, part two of shout your abortion. This should be wonderful. When I was 27, I had a second abortion oh, right before I got married. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And in huh. both situations, I mm -hmm. wasn't ready to have a kid. Um, a and when I think about it today, intellectually, I would be, I'm 30, and I'd have a 15-year-old, and I'd have a 5-year-old. And I'm pursuing a Ph.D. program, and I couldn't do that with two children. Oh, my God. Obviously, your Ph.D. is more important than the two children. This conversation has been so important to me, especially considering the fact that me being able to speak about my truth and my situation has allowed my mom to be able to speak about her situation. And she suffers from severe mental illness and was fortunate enough to be able to have abortions when she needed them, which prevented me from being one of seven kids and also saved her life. Um, Did it? And what? How would you The idea that, that we might lose our right that has been fought for by so many women is so confounding and atrocious to me that I'm so grateful that I get to be a part of this conversation. Yeah, you know what's you know, confounding and atrocious to mm, me? What's that, Pat? Is that... <laughs> Uh, she, uh, she, I guess she had to have the sex that led to the pregnancy, mm. you know, and th there's no responsibility there. If you didn't want kids, if I was a rash of cats on my life, I know. then why the hell are you having unprotected sex, you dumbass?
I mean, what what kind of stupidity, what kind of carelessness does it take mm. to have absolutely no respect but, for human life? But let's just take it also None. Fo focus on the selfishness here. First oh, of all, her Ph.D. is more important geez. than two living beings. Right. Who she'd obviously be deeply in love right. with if had they be alive. And I would like to hear, maybe mm. we can go to some commentary from the other six siblings uh, about how they felt about the mother's choice. Yeah. Because I don't, they don't seem to be chiming in on this particular issue. I wonder why. Uh, you know, unbelievable. It's just it, it, that is one of the most inexplicable sets of arguments I've ever seen in my entire life. Ugh. Awful, awful, awful. It's kind of cool. Yeah. yeah, and then you get a chance to see uh, the back of our uh, our construction area. Yeah. Uh, you know, Jeffy, behind you, cool. there's a, something that says H3 uh, behind you. What does that uh, mean? Do you know? Yeah, well, down there's four and down there's five, so it's just a continuation oh, of the wall <laughs> to put together. It's like a puzzle. I'm being told it's, it says hef it means hefty. <coughs> so oh, all right. It just means or heifer. Oh. Okay. And that means he. That. that means Jeffrey, Jeffy is a heifer to the third power. To the third power. To that makes the sense. third power. Yeah. Well, I was just, thank you for filling in, Jeffy. <laughs> I wasn't aware of that. I guess that's why I'm standing here. <laughs> uh, Donald Trump is, uh, I guess, outlining. You love him, right? you I, I'm a huge fan. Love as, this as guy. You know, you uh, love this guy. Big fan of him in online polls, <laughs> um, and uh, so he's leading all the online polls. As you know, and he's actually leading still. Well, he's leading polls. every poll by a lot, and they're all not, special that's, polls, that's the big polls. And true. I'm leading every poll, as you know. <laughs> as you know, I'm leading every poll by a lot, and uh, every poll loves me. Every person in America is going to vote. As you uh, as you talk about that, there actually Trump. was an interesting new uh, New Hampshire poll that came out today. Really? Um, which was uh, did have Donald Trump leading. Um, uh, which was why kind of like what the headline was, but I thought you'd be interested in uh, what's behind that. Uh, let's see, New Hampshire GOP. Uh, I thought this was mildly positive. Now, remember, Ted Cruz is a guy who has mainly been talked about as winning Iowa, not necessarily New Hampshire. Isn't necessarily been competitive in New Hampshire. Mm -hmm. The people in New Hampshire who are winning are people like Kasich and, uh, and the liberals. Yeah, the uh, Christie is another one. Jeb Bush has put a lot of time and spent. Sure. Up there. So this is the latest poll from. Um, uh, as a, as I guess it's a Massachusetts media, WBUR, Mass Inc., I don't know, uh, but it's some local news station up there. Um, Trump 23, Car uh, Rubio 13 in second, uh, tied with Carson mm. at 13. Four, next up, Cruz at 8. So he's actually mm. leading that second tier. Kasich and Bush at 7, Christie 6, Paul 5, Fiorina 4. And then the rest of them at 1 or 2. That's pretty good. So, I mean, it's kind of interesting. He's not shown um, necessarily that much strength in New Hampshire. He had one poll where he was at 12, but he's currently in fourth place in New Hampshire, uh, which is pretty good for him. In Iowa, he is in uh, third place, uh, depending on the poll, third or fourth, same thing in Iowa. It was interesting. So he's kind of like more broadly 
spread out. Um, again, though, mm -hmm. Trump, I mean, for all the issues he's had, has not fallen apart. He's held on to about 20 percent of the vote. And, you know, if this race remains a race where you can win the election with 20 percent of the vote, which shouldn't be the case as people drop out, but if that continues, I mean, he can hold 20 percent of the vote, I think. It's just a question of um, whether... Well, it can't remain that. It can't. Eve it can't it eventually, can't it's got to be... It will not be that. I don't think so. So, eventually, people, people are going to have to choose. Are, are you going to choose a moderate or liberal, or are you going to choose an actual conservative Republican like a Ted Cruz? Or, you know, we don't have a chance for Bobby Jindal anymore, but you, got, you still have Rick Santorum in the race. You, you've got... If you must go... Uh, as far as one could and still be acceptable, Marco Rubio. Okay, there's your choices. Well, I think that's why Ted Cruz, <laughs> Cruz uh, Santorum, Rubio. That's all you can choose. Well, I think that's why Donald uh, Trump said that he would take Ted Cruz as his vice president. He did say that. Uh, yeah, he did he say told, that. Uh, that's so magnanimous. Told the radio host, "Look, he's backed everything I've said. No, no he so, hasn't. No, he hasn't. No, he has he'd not. be my vice president." He keeps saying that, though. <laughs> he's trying. He, he's repeated that several times over the last. And Cruz, days. because he doesn't want to attack him, and you know, he's, he's trying Let's not to go. do that. He, he just leaves he just it. Let's it go and let's yeah. it go out there, which is. I guess a good strategy. I just don't. I mean, you can make the argument for him. I don't know. The three people who have probably been the most, let's say the four people who have been the most critical of Donald Trump, three of them are out of the race. I mean, Jindal, Perry, Walker were all very critical mm -hmm. early mm -hmm. of Donald Trump. The only other one I would put in that category would be Rand, Rand Paul, Paul, who's been very critical. But again, he's languishing at the mm -hmm. back of the race. And, and I, I will say it did cross my mind as uh, the, the terrible news in Paris was happening and we were sort of digesting right. that the next day that one of the things that's probably going to happen from this is the the any chance that Rand Paul had of winning this election uh, probably goes away with Paris because yeah. yeah. if people are focused on Islamic terrorism he's not the guy he's not going to be the guy that certainly the Republicans are going to pick no. um, now look I if know, the major issue right now was uh, marijuana legalization if that was sweeping the nation He'd be your guy. Well, it is actually He'd doing pretty well around the nation. I don't know pretty well, it just that. got crushed in Ohio. In Ohio, did not crushed pass it. Crushed in Ohio. Um, although there were some other things yes, that was, tied to that one yeah. that were made it a little bit more complicated. Still, got it's crushed. Didn't get crushed. Um, uh, but it's passing in a lot of places. If you want, if you want the legalization of prostitution, Ted Cruz might be your guy. Ted Cruz might be I mean, not Ted Cruz. Uh, Rand Paul right. might be your guy. I think if the economy might was the focus, uh, if tax rates were the focus. Oh, you're going to bring it into something mainstream like that? Wait a second. Is that what you're going to do? I was going to say, I think there are arguments for <laughs> no, Rand Paul. There are. I, Rand Paul still, is good. He, uh, yeah. he is good. Yeah, but I mean, he has I'm, some quirky issues. And I think that, but the hardest one for him to handle with a Republican base is the, is is, this, is the foreign policy yeah, thing. Definitely. I mean, it, it's still the thing that makes me most uncomfortable about him. Yeah. Um, yeah, and, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, he's been in this building, and he we're going to legalize prostitution? <laughs> well, he's a libertarian, so I suppose I, he would. Yeah, you're, he's more your guy now than ever. Card carrier, right? Member, right? Yeah, that's. Okay. I don't know. Again, like this is one of those things that takes away your side <laughs> businesses. If there's not, Ooh, if there's no black one. market for for these services, well, what do you have? What do you do for a job? That's something you're going to have to consider, Jeffy, very carefully before you place a vote for Rand Paul. Well, you're going to have to consider that. Okay. We've never actually asked Rand Paul if he's that hardcore libertarian where I'm he sure. wants. I've heard him talk recently I'm about sure drug legalization. Yeah, we're pretty on board with that. Oh, yeah, totally. But yeah, prostitution, sure I don't know if he's there. I really don't. Um, all right. So anyway, here's what uh, uh, Donald Trump posted on Instagram, uh, kind of a foreign policy refugee thing here.
Refugees are pouring into our great country from Syria. We don't even know who they are. They could be ISIS. They could be anybody. What's our president doing? Is he insane? I mean, it doesn't even seem real to me. No, it doesn't. It just, he used to real. do this all the time for, for his right. TV shows. Yes. Right? This is how he promote them all the time. Show but. that again. You, you tell me, uh, I mean, if you just walked into the country and you turned on the TV and this guy is on, you wouldn't believe this is real. Watch this. Refugees are pouring into our great country from Syria. We don't even know who they are. They could be ISIS. They could be anybody. What's our president doing? Is he insane? I mean, really? And I agree. I kind of agree with the basic premise of what he's saying. And but the, so bad, so bad. I, I don't get it. I just, I can't take it. He says uh, it's not even good commentary. For no, like it's, it's terrible. It's I, I, terrible. And believe me, I understand that talk show is like the lowest rung of of human existence. existence. I'm, I'm with you on mm -hmm. that. But it's not even a good talk show. Yeah, like he's just awful. And, and seriously, every <laughs> single way, he's awful. Yeah. Uh, you know, whatever. I mean, I think but I he goes it. on. You, you find a little bit of a solace in the idea that if the country chooses him, I mean, whatever, you just give up. <clears throat> he says that a safe zone should be built in Syria to house refugees because that would cost much less than sheltering them here. I have a tremendous heart, Trump said at a campaign rally in Knoxville. I want to take care of people. But you look at this migration. And I said to my wife the other day, they seem like so many men, so strong. <laughs> just the way he talks is just unreal. I want to take care of people, but you look at this migration, and I said to my wife the other day, they seem like so many men, so strong. They're strong-looking guys. And I say, why aren't they back fighting for their country? I mean, that's, uh, yes. Yeah. Yes, they should be. Uh, the Republican presidential candidate then proposed keeping Syrian refugees in Syria, but away from the violence in a tremendous <laughs> building, a tremendous, tremendous safe zone. Uh, it will cost you tremendously much less, much less. And they'll be there. And the weather's the same. Everything's the same. When it's all over, they move back and they move back into their cities. Look, I know a lot of people. That's the syntax. I know a lot of companies mm -hmm. in Syria that are willing to build a giant uh, safe zone, mm -hmm. a good, beautiful safe zone. A tremendous a top, safe zone. Top of the world fence. Top right. Notch. Top line. Top line fence. So they can be safe. They the, can stay there. And then when it's all over, they can come out. Mm hmm Yeah. Right, and they'll be there. There's nothing you can say. And they'll be the there. Management. They'll be there in their country. It's called They Have a Country, and they'll be there, and they'll go back, and they'll like it, and they'll be back. So, did you say? Did you hear, by the way, that uh, Donald Trump was uh, tweeting Blaze links? Did you hear this? No. Wow. Yeah, he tweeted a link oh, from the Blaze. It was pretty what? interesting. Did he really? Yeah, he got some praise from the Blaze. You know, people say that the uh -huh. Blaze is anti-Trump. Really? You know, huh. But I uh, got some praise from the Blaze uh, very recently, and he tweeted the link. I uh, said, uh, "Hey, congratulations! Uh, this is a great article from the highly respected Wayne Allen Root." who was very pro was Donald so Trump. Funny. So there you go. Did he really? He really did?
Yes, Peter really did. From Wayne Allen Root. Wayne Allen Root apparently wrote a column uh, on the Blaze uh, and was very supportive of Donald. Now, that's not uh, the same Wayne Allen Root that didn't see. He actually. That went to Columbia but did not, did see, not see Barack Obama there. Now, as far as I know, huh. that was actually not mentioned in this column, although usually a column does not go by. <laughs> it's not in which go this by without that mention. Uh, by Wayne. But yeah. uh, hey, I mean, look, this is the point is you do have uh, diverse voices. Here. Yeah, but he didn't see the Blaze. What's that? But he went to school for four years and he didn't see him. Didn't see him on campus. No, that point has been made uh, potentially more than <laughs> once. Uh, yeah, no, but I'm saying Wayne Allen went there. No, I know. What I'm, what and I'm Barack saying. Obama supposedly went there, but Wayne didn't see him. Yeah. And the people that Wayne hangs out with didn't see him. Oh, you know what would be an interesting did question not see him. for Barack Obama is, did he ever see Wayne Allen Root? Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I How do we know Wayne went? <laughs> Yes. I, I want to know now. <laughs> I must know. What's our uh, Blaze reporter, our White House correspondent? Fred Lucas. Fred, I want Fred to ask. <laughs> yes. Mr. President, Mr. President, when you went to Columbia, yes. did you ever see Wayne Allen Root on campus? <laughs> that would be awesome. That would be, be great. Hilarious. Oh, my God. I love that idea. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we could have Wayne on and ask him. Shit. Do you think he ever saw you? <laughs> How do we know you went there? <laughs> I love that. Uh, do you have the column? No, I, I don't. I was actually looking for it, but I see that Donald is going to be. I thought Barbara Walters had passed away or retired or something, but he's going to. He just got interviewed by her. He's going to be on with Barbara Walters this Friday. Really? I mean, is Barbara at the home interviewing Donald? Oh no, they're at Trump's apartment. Huh. A picture of of the uh, gold, yeah, room, the gold lame room or whatever he has. <laughs> yes, oh such gosh, bad taste. So bad. I mean, I uh, just his taste in interior decorating should preclude him from the presidency. How's he going to remodel the White House in his own image? Oh. I, we can't have that. Okay, no. we cannot have that. Uh, by the way, uh, Wayne Allen Root's uh, column entitled uh, "Islamic State Terrorist Attack Proves Donald Trump Was Right About Border and Immigration." You can sit, read it on the Blaze. I'll, I'll save you uh, just the, at least the first sentence, which is "Donald Trump is brilliant." Uh, da and Donald, <laughs> so you can go read that on the Blaze. Uh, Donald Trump com. tweet is interesting is article from highly respected uh, Wayne Allen Root. There you go. Highly okay. Come on now. With the really with the Blaze link. Highly respected Wayne Allen Root. Look, Let mean, that uh, sink in for a second. <laughs> I would definitely disagree with him on this particular Stu, call. You, you, Do not think you, he's brilliant. You stopped that uh, Donald Trump is brilliant, but the next sentence is Trump is a chess master. Oh, my God, totally. So he's brilliant and a chess By master. By the way, I did read a little bit of this. His, his point seems to be, and I don't know that Donald actually would like this point, but his point seems to be that he's not actually going to get the wall built or he's not actually going to deport 11 million uh, illegal immigrants. But what he's, he's doing is he's a master negotiator, so he's asking for way more than he'll actually get. Overton window. Right. Like, that's kind of what he's saying. Hmm. Now, I've never heard Trump yeah, he uh, articulate he that, but he's kind of basically saying, hey, you know, he actually doesn't think he's going to get any of that stuff. Which, I mean, if that were true, which I don't necessarily agree with Wayne on that particular point, but if that were true, at least it would be something. Well, that doesn't explain why he can't complete sentences, but it does. No. It would mean something. I love the sentence structure. I can't get enough of it. Yeah, give frankly. it to me one more time. Get that last one. All one right. time. That was really good. <laughs> it will cost you tremendously much less, much less. And they'll be there. And the weather's the same. Everything's the same. When it's all over, they move back. And they move back into their cities. <laughs> <laughs>
Wow. See, and connects two things that, you know, like a point you made and <laughs> something you haven't said yet. It doesn't connect the same sentence, basically. You just, when it's all over, they move back. And they move back I into love their to. cities. I have a tremendous heart. I want to take care of people. But you look at this migration. And I said to my wife the other day, they seem like so many men. So strong. <laughs> They're so strong-looking guys. And I say, why aren't they back fighting for their country? It's like, uh, if you've ever watched So Sunny oh, in Philadelphia, it's how Charlie talks. It's, it, it's, it's how he does it. It's like, I mean, and it might be, mm. not be a reference, Pat doesn't watch the show, but I it's like, but... He's, in a, in a, he's, a little, he's illiterate. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, he, can't, he has some sort of dyslexia or something. So yeah. when he writes, he, it comes out like this. Like, he's right. a comedic character making fun of him of, of being, he's supposed to be stupid. Mm -hmm. And they're making fun of him. Right. And when he writes, you would think it's a Donald Trump speech. We should actually do a game: uh, uh, Charlie writing or Donald Trump speaking, and see if anyone could actually pick out the two. Should try to find something Trump has said that's not super political, to right. so that you can easily differentiate. Yeah, that'd be great. It would be an interesting uh, little uh, contest. All right, triple eight seven two seven back. More patents too coming up. All right, uh, my Patriot Supply is our sponsor this half hour. We thank them once again for being very supportive to this particular program. Thank uh, them. Even though Jeffy's on it, and uh, we, we do often have to apologize. Seriously, how magnanimous it. is that? I know. It's like, you know, right? to, to associate your wow. product with Jeffy. Wow. I mean, wow, what a great group of people. Yeah, I think they try to ignore that particular aspect of the show, like everybody, but... Yeah. For them to ordered from them. overlook it. You've ordered. In fact, they did. A, we actually saw the guys from My Patriot Supply recently, and, mm -hmm. and they they mentioned they'd like you to stop ordering. It's <laughs> uh, been a little bit. They don't have any. You know, they're running out. I'm telling you, if you think that if you think you can't finish up two weeks in a weekend, my oh friend, my you gosh, are wrong. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, right now you can get a two week emergency food supply for only fifty dollars, please, before Jeffy calls. <laughs> Make this call, triple eight eight nine three seventy nine fifty three. They'll even ship it right to your home for free. It's the easiest, it's the most affordable way to really get prepared, and this gets you started on a two week supply, which gets you through most any emergency. I mean, you know, yeah. most of the smaller to medium kind of emergencies that might arise. Right, it's, it's probably not going to get you through Walking Dead. No, but um, what will? But nothing will. will. Only mean, Rick right. will get you through a like, Walking Dead emergency. This sort of thing is seriously. You get two weeks of food. Mm -hmm. You can get through 80, 90 percent of the bad things that could happen. Yes. You know, that this is it's a great step to just get through for 50 bucks, too. Yep. I mean, why not? Give him a call. Triple eight, eight, nine, three, seven, nine, five, three. What, Jeffy? Nothing. Just watching the spot, waiting for you to okay. get to the end of the spot because I'm just waiting for the. You're waiting for. All right. Two weeks supply. Just fifty dollars. Free shipping. No, hurry. He's calling. He's calling. Call He's now. calling. Call right Call. now. No. <laughs> Triple eight eight nine three seventy nine fifty three. Hurry! Hurry! Triple eight seven twenty seven back is the uh, phone number. So, uh, Pat, can, uh, how disappointed are you in the whole Bobby Jindal outcome? I'm really disappointed. Yeah, I, I'm really bummed about that because he, he was a viable alternative to me. I mean, a serious, serious candidate and a really good option. More than that, he was a great option. Bobby Jindal would have made a great yeah, president, 
And he also would have been, now, do I prefer Ted Cruz more? Yes, but slightly. I mean, only slightly. Bobby Jindal is a phenomenal uh, candidate. And if they would have tried to play identity politics with this guy, he, they lose. They lose. Yeah. You know, now Ted Cruz can make some points on that on that front as well because he's, you know, got Hispanic heritage. But uh, Marco. So can Marco Rubio. So they're going to have a tougher time against any of those guys. Or Carly Donald, has a woman. Carly is a woman. But Donald Trump, they destroy. Uh, Jeb Bush, destroy. John Kasich. Kasich, destroy. destroy. I mean, any of those other guys. Uh, Huckabee. Christy, any Huckabee. Of them. Christy, Huckabee. Forget <laughs> about it. You didn't mention uh, Lindsey Graham. Or oh, Jim, Jim Gilchrist-Morlinson. Either of those guys are even worth mentioning because <laughs> they don't even have a shot of their wives voting for them. Um, uh, no, but like, the, one thing I found interesting about um, uh, Jindal's timing here <coughs> is that he's languished for a long time and then just right. recently started to gain some traction. Listen, yeah. these are some polls the Iowa thing was from Iowa. Out for him. Right, right. Here, here's some polls in Iowa in order. Uh, zero, 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 one, three, four, one, two, Whoa. two, zero, zero, two, zero, one, zero, one, zero, one, three, two, four, one, seven, Two, one, he got two. to seven? Yeah, one, two, one, five, four, wow. two, two, four, two, six, three. Like, and then the last two polls that have come out were four and six. I mean, he is right really? behind that top tier. He had been climbing in Iowa. Wow. He had been showing some promise in Iowa. And, and now... Out of money, I, maybe? Out of they're money. saying potentially money was the reason. And I think yeah. he's saying, you know what, this is, it's my time to get out. Part, part wow. of me thinks, too, that he thinks, look, you know, I don't want to... There are conservative options here. I don't want to distract from these conservative and options. And I've got problems in Louisiana. And yeah, and he, he does, may have thought that his, have, his approval rating is getting lower and lower. I don't know if they're pissed that he's running for president. That, I did get that abandoned. on Twitter from a few people on uh, really? when I was. We were talking about that. A few people on Twitter said, "Look, he cares more about running for president than he does about uh, Louisiana." But uh -huh. to be fair, his approval rating had fallen significantly before he announced his run. I mean, uh, you know, he had he, for whatever idea, reason maybe why? it was you know two terms. People got sick of him at the end. Um, you know, the, 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 you know, there were people who were blaming uh, in the media, you know, the Beltway type media saying, well, he because he was running for president, he's taking more and more hardcore conservative positions. He's not being a pragmatic leader like he once was. Look, that's not what Republican primary no. voters in Louisiana are like. No. Oh, I can't have a guy with real conservative values. It's not what they think there. Um, it's, a, it's, it's a weird one. And, and was he ever pragmatic and not conservative? I, I think he's always been solidly conservative with col solidly uh, conservative policies. Yeah. So, so. I, I don't know. But it, it's a shame. You know, we lost a really good one there. Um, and in fact, most of the people that have left the race have been pretty decent options. Perry was. Rick Perry was yep. decent. Scott Walker. Scott Walker was really good. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. It's I, please go away, John Kasich. Please. By all that is good, right, and holy, go, go away. And actually, if he does, or when he does, because you know he will, that probably helps Bush or Trump right. I mean, more than anybody else. In theory, if we're just playing this out as, as just you know, people com you know, competing to try to win uh, elections, the people who you want to stay in are people like Kasich and yeah. Christie. Let them drain support. Unfortunately, they are uh, from uh, Bush and uh, and other establishment types. Yeah, um, I mean that's a positive. I mean, it's just impossible to do anything with this race, really, with Trump and Carson still leading. It, either one of those is going to wind up being a legitimate option and win easily, or one or both of them are going to fade away, and, and it's going to be interesting to see what happens to the rest of the field. Are you starting to become less certain 
that Trump goes away? No, I'm still sure. You're still? Still sure. Positive. Yeah. Ooh. Okay. I, that gives me a little hope because I'm starting to doubt. <laughs> that he's starting to doubt that yeah. he's going away. Uh, you know, I really am. He's hung in there a long time. He has hung in there a long time. I mean, you know. Against all reason. On December 26th, I will have to admit that I, my timing was wrong on this. Mm -hmm. That doesn't necessarily mean that he's going to win. But, no. Uh, you know, I, I thought he'd be gone by Christmas. I mean, I actually thought he'd be gone by Christmas, either at very low in the polls or out. So, I mean, even if, even if he's just not leading by Christmas, doesn't make me right. That, but it's not going to happen. That being said, you know, the way these have always happened in the past, and, and who knows, maybe this is a totally different thing. His right? supporters are rabid, and oh, that helps him a lot. But they, you know, I right. mean, they... They, for, for whatever reason, they love him. It's a, uh, and if you dare say anything against him, uh, they hate you for it. Yeah, and you know, whatever. I've, you know, certain it people you don't be. mind being hated by. Um, but I will say that if you get to a situation where he is uh, leading when it comes to the new year, we're getting a few weeks away, mm -hmm. you're gonna ha I mean, at that point you're going to have to start. Even in Iowa, you know, if he can win one of those first two states, he's obviously a competitor. Um, well, and he can win New Hampshire for sure. He definitely is more, much more that. likely. Yeah. I would, you know, I would not be surprised to see him win a state or two. Um, I would be very surprised for him to win the nomination. I, who knows, though? I, you know, stranger things have happened. Because, I, although I can't think of one, stranger things have happened. <laughs> I can't Barack think, Obama twice? Barack Obama? In the, I don't think that's stranger. I don't, stranger. Know. I don't think that's stranger. I don't know. The first one if was Barack, pretty strange. Let's just say, if Ronald Reagan came in and won the Democratic primary... A guy who had constantly said really conservative things and at the last minute came in and said, you know what, I'm kind of liberal, and he won. You'd be like, holy crap, that would be stunning. That's Donald Trump. Yeah, The guy right. is more liberal on many issues than Bernie Sanders. You cannot tell his supporters that, though. I know. Well, they, they just, for whatever reason, will it's not just, listen. It's blatantly just not about policy. I mean, look, I, you know, my belief is it's at about some character. point. I guess it's about personality. They I think just, it's about they like the personality. They, they like the celebrity. Yeah. You know? yeah, I, but weird. Again, it's, it's not about policy. Weird. The guy obviously is not a conservative in any way. No. I mean, there are things that he is currently saying that are conservative. However, there are also things that he is currently saying that are incredibly liberal. That being said, uh, yes. you, you have to either accept things that are liberal uh, from a GOP candidate. I'm not willing to do that. You have to trust that he is now conservative. I'm not willing to do that with this guy either. It's way too recent, and he's still all over the board. And you also then have to believe him that these transitions are legitimate and Real. heartfelt, yeah. which, I mean, I don't see anything from him about any topic that's no. heartfelt, no. Uh, with the exception of hating his enemies. And I guess, you know, that's, you know, uh, that's enough for you. That's fine. But I, I'm never going to be there. People are like, oh, once he becomes a nominee, you guys will fall in line. No effing way i can promise you without a shadow of a doubt i will never vote for that guy what if ted cruz is the vice president yeah that, and that's that's probably the most because i would have probably said at one point in my life i won't i'll never vote for john mccain never with this much passion probably but i would all never and i did vote for john mccain so there it's not mm -hmm. a ridiculous thing to accuse me of i i, I accuse other conservatives of but donald trump is a completely different ballgame I mean, John McCain is liberal on some things. He is way more conservative than Donald Trump. It's not even close. <laughs> it's not even close. I mean, Jeb Bush is way more conservative than Donald Trump is. It's not even close. 
And I, the fact that we're having this argument as if the GOP has to nominate this hardcore, dedicated, multi-decade liberal as their candidate is insanity. Mm -hmm. It's insanity. And, and because, the Democrats would never do it. And then, not no, to they mention, would never do it. But you could say, "All right, well, if we have this guy that's liberal, but you know what? He's really popular and he's going to win." It's the exact opposite. He's the least popular candidate yeah. in the field. He is has none of the things going that would make him electable. He he's, is he's, he loses to all of these candidates by more than every other Republican candidate. Yeah, every poll. And he's an idiot in a lot of ways. We just read his words. He's an idiot in a lot of ways. Now, look, he's a billionaire. I understand that he's not an idiot, but he is not a guy that seemingly can comprehend a lot of basic issues or speak. Like if he's this super, if you had, I don't know, uh, Brad Pitt, who had a lot of liberal positions and he came in as a conservative and he kept saying, well, I'm a conservative now and I'm very conservative. But he was really well spoken and looked like Brad Pitt. At least you could make this argument. But it's Donald Trump. There's no argument to be made. It's just stupid. Do you want to win? Do you want to win? Are, are, I do are you not win. sick of America losing all the time? We're losing to China. We're losing to Mexico. We're, we're losing to Syria. We're losing to the Congo. We're, we're losing to Mauritius. Don't you want to be losing tired? to Mauritius? Mauritius, Mauritius is tired kicking our ass. Winning? Yeah, you're gonna, we're going to win so much when he's elected that you're going to be tired of winning. With, no, I take that back. You won't ever get tired of winning. I never get tired of winning. With the same arguments. Wait. With the same sentence structure. <laughs> with many of the same positions. Uh -huh. Could we not do better having Charlie Sheen as our nominee? He could boom, say winning, winning, boom, winning. It's the same catchphrases. Same thing. It's the same nonsensical sort of ramblings that don't really make sense. It's management. I, I honestly think Sheen would be a better nominee. I'll be that. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> they're both conspiracy guys. They're too. both conspiracy it's guys. A pretty, that's a pretty good uh, analogy there. Could he, uh, the, let, let me just throw this out there. Could he be the VP choice? <laughs> a Trump Sheen ticket. I, no, I might think about They're that. pretty damn and, similar, and, except Sheen is, is younger. Is a guy that porn stars want to sleep with, and it's not because right. of his wealth. He's like an halfway decent-looking guy. Also, also, imagine the inclusiveness of an HIV, our very first HIV-positive vice president. Yep. Right. HIV oh my gosh, this is a. I think you're onto something here. This is an interesting pair. You are onto something. More patents too uh, is inevitable. Like a Trump uh, the one is a little pissed off right now, right? Really? Yeah. Right, she, she didn't know. Yeah. Oops. Didn't know. Triple eight seven two seven back. It's patents too. Um, we got an interesting segment you don't want to miss tomorrow, where uh, Jeffy's going to be crunning. If you know that fitness craze, it's about uh, crawling and running together. You sort of crawl fast. Yeah. Really? Yeah. And so yeah. Jeffy's going to demonstrate uh, the crun for us tomorrow. That's great. You're going to be crunning, right? That's We're what on? you say. Yes. Well, because you, that's what you're going to do, right? You're going to demonstrate crunning. Yeah, because Jeffy initially thought it was croissants and running, which yeah, is not, it's that's not, not what it is. fitness craze. No, but he's, he's over there whining because we were talking about during the break doing this. 
<laughs> and he's like, oh, I can't do that. I'm not doing that. I, I've had 12 surgeries on my knee, and I'm about to have one on my shoulder. I can't. You little wuss. Stop your whining and go crun. <laughs> <laughs> you, you actually have a fake knee or something, right? I do. I have a knee yeah. replacement. Yeah, a knee replacement and... Something's wrong with your shoulder that you got to have operated on. Surgery on my shoulder. Oh, here. So yeah. pretty soon, days. in a couple of weeks, you'll be taking off some time, right? Yeah, we don't. We don't. A lot of people don't pray for others to have surgery, but we really want you to have the surgery because I mean, we're talking a month, good month, free. a month. I, good month. I pushed it back so that it would be less time. Yeah, I was gonna say we should move that up <laughs> to tomorrow. Yeah. Or what? What's wrong with like the first right now. day you're being you're healthy should mm -hmm. be the first day of our two week vacation. <laughs> So, really? Yeah, so just kind of extend it as long as okay. possible. Why overlap them? You know what I'm saying? You know? Right. And in the meantime, you can crun tomorrow <clears throat> or whatever. Uh, all right. CNN's Don Lemon uh, getting a lot of criticism. This guy, I like him. I like him. Now, he he is pretty liberal, and he's he's not with us on, a, on many topics. But on some, he's pretty reasonable, and he uses some common sense from time to time. And so he's getting all kinds of flack on this Black Lives Matter and other things. And he, uh, he just told liberals in a new interview with New York Times Magazine, he talks about the criticism and uh, how little he gets offended these days. Some comments about Spring Valley police incident, which uh, really just were along the lines of let's wait for more information. I think we played that, right, a couple mm -hmm. weeks ago. Mm -hmm. He said, I, you know, we don't know enough. We don't know enough. And he got intense blowback, apparently. Uh, Anne-Marie Cox asked Lemon about how he always seems to be upsetting people on the left. He responded, no one asked Jake, Jake Tapper or Wolf Blitzer to be the spokesperson for any particular group. I'm not an advocate or an activist. I'm a journalist. <clears throat> now, when most journalists journalists say that, they're lying. Mm -hmm. But I, yeah, I think I think there's yeah. some truth oh, I truth so, to the lemon thing. Yeah, I mean I don't agree with him on everything, but like I do feel like he's one of those guys that if he sees something that he actually believes, he'll say it. You mm -hmm. know, and that's that's all you care about, right? Yeah. I don't need to have everybody agreeing with me. I just feel like there's so much of this is disingenuous. You look at a person like Debbie Wasserman Schultz, oh, for geez. example. You know she doesn't even think about what she believes. It's just how do I defend this position right now because it's my job. Yeah. Um, and, you know, Don Lemon's not like that, um, no. which I like. You know, I mean, it's, he doesn't come after, especially things like this, which are the easiest things to be ideological about. Like the, the easiest default position is Black Lives Matter are wonderful. Mm -hmm. You know, first of all, he's obviously African-American. Um, and uh, beyond that, it's just a good, easy liberal position to say that, well, there's this institutional racism from uh, colleges and police are always bad. It's just an easy liberal thing to do. Combined with being an African-American in a position of power, that is the type of thing. Uh, you know, you expect the Al Sharpman treatment from it from a lot of people in the media. Don Lemon does not do that. He looks at each individual situation and, and says what he believes. Yeah. That, that there's something really to be said for that. It's rare in media. Debbie Wasserman Schultz was so disingenuous with her opinions. She couldn't even be thoughtful about whether or not her children right. were human beings in her womb. Yeah, it's great. She couldn't even pause and reflect and say, uh, you know... Yes, obviously, they're children, but I still believe that a woman should have the right to choose. She, did, she wouldn't say that. Nope. About her own 
children. Instead, she said, well, they're, they're humans now. <laughs> what? But, but she will defend that. She will defend that position regardless of how stupid it is, irresponsible it is, uh, uh, or how, how much it might hurt the people around her. Like, I don't know, her children. Triple eight seven two seven back. Meanwhile, we've got five meals that changed history from Nita Rama. Uh, number one is fostering the FDA. How is fostering the FDA a meal? American food in the late nineteenth century was a not meal very safe foster, for eating. Fostered the FDA, I think, is what they're going for. There. A meal fostered the FDA. Yeah. Okay. Um, uh, American food in the 19th century was not safe for eating. Syrups contained morphine. <laughs> what? Yeah. I mean, why did we stop that? Why? Holy what's the crap! What? Well, the FDA ruined everything. Mm-hmm. Syrup contained morphine. Canned peas glowed neon green. Chemical additives like borax uh, and copper sulfate, now a pesticide, were common. Dr. Harvey Wiley wanted them off America's tables, but every bill he introduced was killed by powerful food lobbies. So in 1902, Wiley hired 12 volunteers to eat meals laced with common additives. It was called the Poison Squad. The men were paid with three doctored meals every day. The results spurred the country's first food regulation laws in 1906. Wiley became the father of the FDA. So he poisoned a bunch of people and now, then he got rewarded with being the father of the right. FDA? What I want to know is what happened to the people that right. were fed these meals. Were they really bad? Were they poisoned or what? Did they die? Did they die? Did they get sick from them? Yeah, and of course, you know, the, it's easy to look and back. And this and is say, what oh, the FDA yeah. does now, right? Everything's bad for you. Everything's bad for you. And also the FDA. I mean, we've done the, we've run the numbers before. There's a, we did a monologue on this a while ago in Wonderful World of Stew that in your entire life, it's likely you will never eat something that has been inspected by the FDA, even visually. Yeah, right. Because of how, they what a low percentage. so little food. Yeah, right. So what that means, of course, is capitalism works. Mm-hmm. Com- companies don't want their product to kill people because they want to keep selling it. Correct. So they don't kill people, and they actually are safe. But that's, it, it, like, they'd bring in, I can't believe the, the shellfish one was a particular example. Think of how dangerous shellfish would be if you don't handle them properly. It's likely if you eat shellfish your entire life, you will never eat a piece that has even been visually inspected by someone from the FDA. I mean, that's incredible. They don't even look at it. It's just yeah. coming in and coming right to you. Yeah. Uh, but that is the truth, and it's, a, it's actually a great example of how great capitalism is. I think I mean, so. You know, you look back at these days, I mean, people didn't know. Uh, all the stuff that they know now. I mean, yeah. you learn over time. Um, and this is how it happens, right? I mean, so, yeah, because there were things like, uh, I mean, they mentioned the, the syrup contained morphine. Coca-Cola also yeah, it wasn't, contained cocaine, obviously. Right. It was because they, you know, they didn't was, know any at better, the time, that was whatever. what they knew. Yeah. So as, as people understood that these things were bad, then they were taken out. Mm-hmm. That's what happened. Um, how about this? Uh, 1790, Thomas Jefferson and Alexander Hamilton bumped into each other outside of George Washington's New York City home. The two chatted and decided to have dinner sometime. But Jefferson had an agenda, extending an invitation to one of Hamilton's rivals, James Madison. Madison had been fighting to relocate America's uh, capital to the Potomac River. Meanwhile, Hamilton wanted to transfer state debts to a federal, into federal hands, a move that would establish America's credit. The dinner triggered a historic compromise. The federal government assumed state debts, and Washington, D.C. became America's capital. Not necessarily a good trade-off there. No, not necessarily. Not necessarily a wonderful story. But it did change America. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, sweet ending in, 19, in 1879. Ira Remsen and Constantine uh, Falberg, chemists at Johns Hopkins, took a break to eat. Falberg had been researching coal tar derivatives and, eager to catch a bite, forgot to wash his hands. Midway through his meal, Falberg noticed that the food was unusually sweet. Returning to the lab, he realized the taste was produced by an oxidized chemical, an artificial sweetener he later named saccharin. Mm. The sweet stuff boomed as sugar supplies dried up. Uh, today, artificial sweeteners are a $2 billion industry. My friends. He created that cancer-causing saccharin. Rumsfeld plague. Oh, boy. Mm. And he's proud of that. Yeah. How weird is it, though, that that came from some sort of uh, uh, coal thing? Yeah, coal tar derivative. There you go. Mm. Coal tar? Who would think that would be sweet? I don't know. That's why a lot, so many of these things have happened from weird. people making a mistake. Yeah, they just didn't realize what they were doing and yeah. found some ingredient and it wound up changing things. Uh, obviously, I believe for the positive. Uh, saccharin, though, not my favorite artificial right. sweetener. Yeah. Although Tab is, is still on the market. What is your favorite? Uh, Splenda would be my Splenda? favorite. Splenda? Mm -hmm. Okay. I would mm -hmm. say Splenda would be my favorite. Mm -hmm. Although in sodas, uh, NutraSweet, I think, works tends to work best. Mm -hmm. um, there's some Splenda in sodas, and those so they're not the best sodas necessarily. Um, uh, but saccharin Tab... The 70s cola, uh, still available. And I, I actually and nasty, absolutely nasty. It has its charm. When it first came it out, you drink it ice, gross, ice cold. No, I mean just before it freezes. I still it's buy really it. Good. It's, I still tab. You buy tab. I do buy tab. Yeah. Uh, they have it's still available. Kidding? Yeah, and I put it in. I have my soda fridge as one of my. There options. is no yeah. self-respecting man. Who buys tab? That's kind of why I buy it, though. It's like it's one of those things when because I have a soda fridge. If you may, I know this has about thirty flavors in it. Yeah, uh, at all times. So when people uh -huh. come over, they open up. It's always the one they mention. Yeah, you tab. Got tab? This is kind of a tab <laughs> colored sweatshirt yes, it is. or sweater here, actually. But they're like, you have tab? They still make tab? <laughs> no one can believe it. But as far as I know, it's the only it's soda funny. still sweetened by saccharin huh. that's still on the market. Okay, um, because it kind of you know NutraSweet and, and Splenda are just better, so they right. moved on to that. Although Saccharin had that initial scare, and then that stuff was all, all those studies were proved to kind of be BS, but uh, mm -hmm. that was the initial thought uh, on saccharin. Uh, Open Sesame, um, 1966, uh, television producer John, Joan Cooney hosted a di dinner party at her New York apartment and invited, invited Lo Lloyd Morissette, a well-connected exec at the Carnegie Foundation. Morissette talked about all the junk his three-year-old wa uh, daughter watched on TV. She was so addicted she'd wake up early just to tune into morning test patterns. The dinner party brainstormed wondering how to use TV's addicting qualities for good. Within three years, uh, they created uh, Sesame Street. Hmm. That's kind of cool. And in 1994, Pixar wasn't the you know Pixar of today, obviously. Their first movie, Toy Story, wasn't even out yet, but the studio's team was already wondering what it should do next. During a lunch meeting at the Hidden City Cafe in Richmond, California, Pixar, Pixar's animators and directors brainstormed ideas, scribbled character designs on the napkins. The doodles would bloom into four beloved features of Bugs Life, Monsters, Inc., Finding Nemo, and Wally. -E. A decade of projects was uh, set products. after one lunch meeting. Monster yeah. projects. Pretty big. Yeah, pretty big. All right, let's take a break. 888-727-BECK is the phone number. Back with more in just a second. And uh, there's no story right now. All I can find is uh, Wiley's uh, Poison Squad managed to demonstrate the negative effects of several additives. He still had to fight, but we didn't talk about what happened. Mm -hmm. 
727 back. So we have uh, a few. Maybe we should do this in full tomorrow, a full game of this. Uh, Donald Trump or Charlie Day from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Who's saying which quote? Mm-hmm. There's a few here. Can we go through a couple of these? Uh, here's one. What are you going to do, hit him? No, that's a terrible idea. I'll tell you why it doesn't unbang your mom. <laughs> well, that's Donald Trump. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to say that's Charlie Day. Charlie Day. Yeah. Ah, yes. Uh, the answer to that one is Charlie Day, I think. It, yeah, it, it oh, is Charlie Pretty Day. sure. Okay. Yes, yeah, Charlie Day, good. Okay, uh, next up we have... Um, you know, it doesn't really matter what they write as long as you've got a young and beautiful piece of ass. <laughs> now, that could be Donald yes, Trump. Yes, it could be. That could be Donald Trump. <laughs> right. <laughs> he would... <laughs> It is Donald it Trump. It is Donald Trump. I knew it. Thank you. I was hoping wow. for you to wait because uh, oh. Pat was leaning, I would say, leaning I Charlie was, Day on I, that one. Yeah, but it could be. And you said it could I be. I mean, and it was. And you, <laughs> wow. That is actually I mean, Donald Trump. Uh, wow. What else? Do we have any other ones? I don't know if uh, if we actually. Jeez. Uh, okay. Uh, wow. Whoa. That is some group of people. Thousands. Oh, that's got to be Donald. <laughs> that's got to be Donald Trump. Ah, okay. That's All right. Great. All right. Jeez. That's a good one. Um, they didn't know the air conditioner didn't work. They sweated like dogs. I'm going to say Charlie, <laughs> Charlie Day. Ah, okay. very nice. All right. You're good at this game. Mm-hmm. Um, any other ones here that we have made up? Oh, my. <laughs> Laziness oh. is a trait in black. I hope this is Charlie Day. <laughs> yes, yeah, so that's got to be Donald Trump. This is Charlie Day. I'm going to say Donald Trump. Yes. yes, it was wow. Donald Trump. That is a quote from Donald Trump, and if you're wondering if it was true, uh, he said he said it was, quote, probably true. That he said Donald that? Donald Trump said that he said that it was probably true, because it was someone, el- someone else really? wrote it in a book uh, about him. That and they asked it? him, hey, did you say this stuff? And he said, yeah, it's probably, oh, probably. true, but, you know. What? Yeah. Laziness is it. That's going to work in a general, guys. Laziness is a trade in blacks. And don't you going to work in a general? Don't you? Not to even mention it's believe. a horrific sentiment. I mean, I don't even have to state that. But with the people who think he's going to win, I mean, they will bust that out during the general election. There's probably thousands of things like that that oh, they're yeah. waiting or on. Or more. They're just waiting for you at the end of the hall. It's like the, mm-hmm. I feel like watching the Republican electric right now. You're like in a horror movie watching these people walk down this dark hallway towards a bunch of chainsaws. It's like <laughs> you idiot. What are you doing? I love that Geico commercial, by that the way. That is a great one. It's, uh, yes. the horror. <laughs> the horror movie. Uh, going toward danger is what they do. Because uh, a group of teenagers <laughs> trying to figure out what to do because yeah. the killer is chasing them. They're like, why don't we get into the, the, the unlocked, open, running car and drive away? What are you, crazy? <laughs> get in the barn. Let's, let's hide behind the, the hanging chainsaws in the barn. Good idea. By the way, just uh, to keep this reference going, uh, the running car that's unlocked uh, is Ted Cruz. Get in it. Get, oh, nice. get in, in it. the car. Yes, thank you. The hanging chainsaws <laughs> that are operating is Donald Trump. <laughs> All right, triple eight seven two seven Beck. Uh, tomorrow we'll have to get to the life-changing ways to eat M and M's. We got to get to the top ten streaming uh, video services. Oh too, yeah, which we happen to be. Oh my in. gosh, that's that right. That's right. Number Netflix, nine. Amazon Video, and the Blaze in the same list. Gotta nice. love that. MLB, NFL. I mean, it's we're right in there. Music. Top ten. Plus, uh, thumb up me on Facebook. Oh. <laughs> okay. All right. See you tomorrow.